The following is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. This is all things elite. Welcome back to All Things Elite. Load up the pod, man, the song when we speak. Rich right here, let me warm it up for Austin and Floyd. Couldn't be no one but the boys. When it come to All Things Elite from the fan perspective, swear, man, it ain't no question. Hear from them first. Swear, man, they putting in the work. No, they had to get me for the verse. Social suplex networks on. I was at a time in your headphones. Austin and Floyd on the microphone. Backing out on the rent, getting in the zone. Pulling up the show, give us seven stars, you already know. Who else could it be but the show with the proclivity for a positivity? I'm gone. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the 212th episode of Social Suplex's podcast about AEW with a proclivity for positivity. Welcome to All Things Elite. My name is Austin Sumwitz. My cat just exited the room as I finished that sentence. I am the host of this lovely show, and joining with me, as always, is my good buddy and friend, Mr. Floyd Johnson Jr., my man. How are you doing? I promise we are not doing a bi-weekly show. Um, (laughs) I just wanted to get that out there in front. I have probably needed a new computer for the better part of a year. Uh, I love wrestling, and I love going to events, so getting a new computer was put off. Well, last week we recorded episode, and hey, Austin, and we're not trying to clap our, uh, you know, pat our hand, uh, what is it, uh, pat ourselves on the back. Pat our back, yeah. Yeah, but I thought it was a really good episode that we covered everything. I thought we had some good discussion, debates, and it didn't record Austin at all. It recorded Floyd. It only recorded me. So it literally sounded like I was talking to myself for two hours, and I'd be like, Hank, that right, Austin, and then nothing. So, um, yeah, and unlike the other times, I wasn't able to record, like, a temp file or anything. It was just gone. So that was the straw that broke the camel's back. I, uh, my friend Austin is a megastar, a national TV star. Yes, ah, uh, yes, right and he does not have a lot of time. So talking for two hours on a show that's supposed to be recording and not recording is not something that I don't think he wants to do that often. So no complaints from Austin. He was he he's the king. He he was like <laughs> like I understand technology fucks up, but for me I was frustrated because honestly thought that was one of our better shows. Like it was just it just flowed really well, I thought. And uh, hey, man, I, I will I'll actually real quick. I'll give you a story. Actually, um, literally, because um, yeah, that all broke. You told me last week um, on Tuesday. I went to go uh, do some filming stuff because every week we have our game of the week, and for our game of the week for high school football, we interview both teams basically, talk about the game coming up, how they're feeling, how they've been playing, and with it being the playoffs, we had a different element to talk about too. So I went and I. Uh, Interviewed the first team, the home team. Got everything. Thought everything turned out really good. Got some good sound bites and everything like that. Then I went to the next team. And as I'm filming their practice, I'm like, ah, that was a bad shot. So I go to delete a single clip off of my uh, my my SD card. Accidentally format the entire card. Lose all the stuff from the home team. Can't get it back. I'm still able to get the interviews from the away team. And we're able to air that on Wednesday. But I literally was just like. I can't fucking believe I just deleted all the shit I just did for the past, like, hour and a half. 
And now all of a sudden I've made it so now my coworkers have to go and get everything that I already got on, on today. But now they have to go and get it so that way we have it ready to air on Thursday. So trust me, dude. I completely understand. Yours just the computer just fucked up. That was an instance where I straight up messed up completely and there was no way to save it. So I like I said, I, I totally get it. Yes. Well, thank you for understanding. I was like really frustrated. So I went to Amazon and I bought me a new because I'm an HP guy. My last laptop was HP. But this one is HP 360 two-in-one converts to a tablet has a little pin with it. It's all nifty. I can text through my computer I'm like I'm a technology guy and you think I'm like I'm old and it's like oh it's and I use the word nifty So that drives home the fact that uh, I'm old and uh, no, I'm 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 loving it Uh, And it did this for me. It did this for me. I backed up a lot of stuff on flash drives and all that stuff but it's giving me the opportunity to get rid of some a bunch of shit that was on my computer that I didn't need anymore. You know what I mean? It was just there. Right. So, yeah, this one's going to move a lot faster. It's pretty much exclusively you uh, lose used for podcasting. Y'all don't know want to know the technical stuff. But with this, I'm truly believing we can be back to the weekly show that we always wanted to be. And, yeah, so uh, so, yeah, that was on me. That was a well. That was on my computer, uh, so got a new computer. That's taken care of. Life is good. Yep. So we're all good. Again, apologies for the fact that we weren't on last week. Uh, we, like I said, we recorded an episode, but it was it straight up did not stay around. So uh, we're gonna get into a bunch of stuff that took place from a uh, AEW this week. Uh, I'll mention one quick thing before we get in. Uh, of course, Sting with his announcement that he would be retiring at uh, uh, Revolution twenty twenty four. Uh, huge announcement. Yeah. Uh, and that, yeah, completely. I even said it. It was like, I, Revolution was like a maybe. It was a depending on where it was. Yep. Sting made that announcement. It became a definite. Uh, you know, yeah. I, again, I had the pleasure of being at Sting's debut, which was that winter is coming in Jacksonville, and his first match at Revolution, which was in Jacksonville. And so the I, idea that I get to be at his last match, which is cool. That'd be cool. I, I, I'm very much of the fact, again, we talked about this on the, the, the lost show. Uh, I'm uh, very much of the opinion it's going to be Dallas or Atlanta. I just think those are the right. two places that make sense. Maybe oh, wrong, yeah. but uh, Dallas or Atlanta. So, because uh, I, I think that should be, I mean, that should be the major draw of the show is Sting retiring. Yes, absolutely. And the only thing I will re- re- bring back up from the show that was lost was that um, I saw a lot of people on Twitter clowning the fact of like, oh, Sting's doing a doing his retirement speech in front of a half-empty crowd. He deserves better than this. Because every time there's a crowd shot of anything, of any empty seats or anything like that, it could literally be like three seats in a row that's missing. And someone would be like, AEW can't sell tickets. They're falling apart. They're crashing and burning. Uh, because again, y'all just want to see shit fail. Because... You don't want wrestling to be more successful, and having competition makes wrestling more successful. So cry about it, you children. Uh, but I would also say, too, you know, well, how would it be if Sting was retiring in the other company? I mean, literally, he gets his first WrestleMania match, and he gets Michael Cole gets told through Vince to go, take a look around, Sting. You've never seen anything like this before. And 
y'all are acting like, you know, this man wasn't going to retire on a Turner Broadcast wrestling show. This man wasn't going to retire in a company not named WWE. And you're out here being like, well, the fans, blah, blah, blah. It's just like, y'all can drink bleach straight up. <laughs> like, it's ridiculous the way that some of you act. That was really the only thing from that show that I wanted to, like, really drive home. And we'll get more into Sting's uh, little tribute kind of stuff that's been going on uh, with Dynamite. Oh, shout out to Tony. Finally, the announcement lived up to the promise. It really did. It really did. (laughs) We got to give him credit. We got to give him credit. Yeah, Yeah. for sure. Um, But we're going to get into everything AEW from this week. Uh, before we do, uh, please make sure you guys are downloading this fine show on Google or Apple Podcasts. And if you listen to us on Spotify or wherever you choose to listen to us, please give us a share with your friends, family, coworkers, whoever you wish, and subscribe so you don't miss a single episode of this show. And also leave a rating and a review. It helps us out tremendously. And if you're so inclined, you can also follow us on social media at Pod. You can also follow at Social Suplex. They make this show possible and do a great job with all their other shows they have on their network. I am at Austin Sumowitz, S-Z-U-M-O-W-I-C-Z, and Floyd is at Floyd Johnson Jr. on Twitter. And the big news of the week, which we did, I believe we mentioned this on the show that got lost, but it's official because he has the tickets now. Uh, AEW is coming to my boy's hometown, Oklahoma City. You know, yes. I was ecstatic when Detroit finally got on the map for an AEW show, and now finally, multiple years into AEW's existence, they are coming to Oklahoma City, and my boy Floyd, he's yes. going to be front and center for this shit. So it's only the big story of the week because I'm from Oklahoma City. <laughs> like, if this was, if I, if I was from uh, New York and Austin still from Detroit, yeah, this is not news at all. But it's only because I'm from Oklahoma City. Uh, I am over the moon and ecstatic that they were coming. I mean, like, uh, I even, I was uh, saying that my heart, when they announced it, because I had heard rumors that it was coming in Denver. I mean, uh, December. My, I'm, I'm, my blood pressure spiked, and I can hear my heartbeat in my throat. <laughs> so they literally almost gave me a heart attack and or a stroke, because I was so excited they were getting there. And I was like, I'm sitting front row, I'm sitting front row, I'm sitting front row, I'm sitting front row. And uh, I was like, I'm... Uh, I was like, I'm absolutely gonna sit front row, and everybody's like, "How do you know?" Like, you got the hookup. Like, as I've said a hundred times, I have zero hookup. <laughs> I have zero hookup. My hookup is waiting on my computer until the tickets go on sale. Uh, the tickets, the pre-sale was this morning. I went through, and like none of the tickets that I wanted, and I kept refreshing, and I kept refreshing, and then bam, it pops up, uh, and it's. It's the magic seat. It's, I would say, it, if it is not the best seat in the house, it's one of the best seats in the house. Uh, I call it the Christine seat uh, for after my friend at Shining Players on Twitter uh, because it is first row on the ramp. Like, first row at that corner on the ramp inside. Uh, every time you somebody jumps in the ring... It comes to the ring. If they go left, you're going to see me. If they go right, you probably still see me because I'm large guy. So I'm going to be on, like, basically TV all night in my city. Uh, I call it my city, but, you know, every, but it's the city that I grew up in. 
I, I know so many people going to the show. I, uh, dude, I, I got up cause I, you know, I work at night. So I got up to get my ticket and I was so sleepy, so sleepy, <laughs> like so sleepy <laughs> that, uh, uh, yeah. So I almost went back to sleep. But I got the ticket, then I had the exact opposite problem. I was so amped that I couldn't go back to sleep. So uh, thanks, shout out to Dave, my boy Dave. He talked to me until I fell asleep, got, got tired finally. But uh, yeah, uh, yeah, it is, I'm over the moon. I spent way more money than I should have on a ticket. <laughs> I, I, I'm not going to tell you. Just know I spent more money than I should have. It, it literally was probably the most, it, it, I was telling Austin, most expensive ticket, most expensive one ticket I've ever bought because I, I, it's my first time, first AEW show in Oklahoma. I, you know, only can say the first once I did it. I'll be there. Let's fucking go. Let's, Let's fucking, fucking go. go. That's and really just how it's it, Yeah, go. it was like, it's five days before Christmas. I told my <laughs> wife how much I spent on the ticket. And I was like, I was like, I know I say this every year and believe me, I say this every year. I feel like my life is Christmas. Everything I get to do, you know, all the stuff I get to do, I am very fortunate. I live in a constant state of Christmas. I looked her in the eye and I was like, do not buy me a Christmas gift. <laughs> like, this is my Christmas gift. I am fine. I spent way too much money on this. There's mm -hmm. no reason to buy me a Christmas gift. I am good. I have all the clothes I need. I have all the little trinkets I need. I have more wrestling collectibles than I know what to do with. Stand down. <laughs> there like, you go. Straight up. <laughs> no, no. Uh, yeah, just over the moon. If you can't hear the excitement in my voice, I don't know what you're listening for because I am pretty much... This is like, I remember the first time I went to uh, WrestleMania 19 and then that all-in weekend... It is that level of excitement. We're still two months away. Uh, but, yeah, uh, I'm already thinking about, like, what I'm going to wear. That kind of weird shit. Right, 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 like, right, right. I'm like, I'm going to be on TV all night. I don't want to look like a bum. So, no, it is. It's about to go down. My 50th AEW show. It will be my 50th live AEW show. That's not, like I said, somebody's like, you're 50 AEW events. I was like, no, I have way more than that AEW events. But actual wrestling shows, it'll be my 50th one. So, that makes sense, dude. Dude, it, it's crazy. Actually, so, again, weirdo. Stuff means stuff to me that doesn't anybody. I was counting. And it was like, well, if I go to this show, Oklahoma City will be 51. So I dropped the show so I can make sure Oklahoma City was 50. That's awesome. That's <laughs> really cool. Yeah, so that, that's yeah. awesome. Got to make it work. It's, not, it's even more memorable that way. But, uh, yeah, let's get into the week of AEW. Uh, real quick, one thing I want to mention, at least from Rampage, uh, was that uh, the Mystico-Rocky Romero match. Very, very entertaining. And we did talk about how last week, uh, AEW and CMLL now have a working relationship since the Mystico match went over so well. Um, yeah, you watch this guy and like you know, of course he comes out and then you get horror, you get horror flashbacks of Sin Cara, and you're just like, oh dear God. And no, I trust me, dude. Like in in a proper environment, I would say Mystico, like he's still this dude's crazy. He's absolutely crazy. And I just straight up believe, like, it was just the language barrier with him in WWE. It was just such a huge language barrier. 
And I guess they just, it, I mean, it just worked out so much better on Rampage. He, he, he honestly looked great. So, yeah, nice two out of three fall match. I like it. Rocky uh, also teased that we could get, uh, like, Forbidden Door or whatever. It could be a three-way show next year uh, with, like, CML, New Japan, and AEW. It might not even be Forbidden Door. They might do another show with all three of them. But whatever it is, we, you know, we've joked many times that, you know, Tony Khan is the actual Forbidden Door. That is incorrect. Rocky Asuka Romero is <laughs> the forbidden door. He everything uh, goes through him. He, everything goes through him. He's been like the, the lead on a lot of these deals. Uh, so yeah, I, I, uh, Rocky Romero, the real forbidden door. Yes, and then meanwhile, your forbidden door for rappers showing up on AEW is Swerve Strickland. Yes. Now there was a rapper on, I guess on AEW this week. Yes, and you weren't familiar. I am old as fuck because I was like, who the fuck is this guy? It's some stylish. Black talk beat t shirt Billy Eilish. What? It's like his it's literally his one song. It's uh it's called it's called Billy Eilish. Uh so it's literally a it's a rap song named after uh uh the famous pop song, uh pop singer uh Billy Eilish. So yeah. yeah. It's his name is Ar- Armani White. And yeah, the the it's it became a huge song on TikTok. The song literally just opens with it going, "Bitch, I'm stylish." Glock tucked, big T-shirt, Billy Eilish. Glock tucked, big T-shirt, big T-shirt, Billy Eilish. Eilish. So is Billy Eilish known for having her Glock tucked and a big T-shirt on or something? I don't know. The big, t-shirt, the big T-shirt is literally where the comparison starts because she wears oversized clothing to kind of cover up her body a lot. So. Yeah, that's what I say. Let me tell you. That's her. That's his one like massive song, and it yeah. came out last year. Oh yeah, I am really, really old, really old. <laughs> I'm like, dude. I feel like I am only forty two. I turn forty three next year. A lot of times when people are talking and I hear about famous stuff, I feel sixty two. Not even kidding. Like I just all, feel- <laughs> all I would say is that it was cool to see him on TikTok. They did the uh, him and Daniel Garcia did the dance, which was lovely. But I'm sorry, unless you get Rick Ross back on, I don't give a fuck who else you put well, on. Well, Rick like, Ross drops f bombs on live TV. I'm aware. I don't care what the I don't care what the network says. I want more accusations, false accusations. Yes. He was just—he was having such a good time. Yeah, he was like he was having a good time. I want him back. Uh, you know, like all you, every other show has a tape delay. Where's his tape delay, dude? Give that dude a five. Give that dude a five-second tape delay. He might honestly. be the only person on the show that gets one. <laughs> he should get a tape delay, honestly, for his own bars. Because I will never get over. I might have mentioned this on the show when we talked about him on AEW, but he is one of my favorite rap bars. Uh, which is where he says Google me Expedia, like he meant to say Wikipedia, but he said Expedia. You know the place where you, the website where you get like flights. Books? Yeah, yeah. Google me Expedia. I'm like, say that one more time. Okay, you said Google me Expedia, and you like, I'm like, and then it cut out. So I thought it was. It's literally. I just meant. I was like, that's not what that means. That's yes. not what that means. That's not what that means at all. Uh. Rick, but Rick Ross says it with such conviction, everybody's like, Google me, Expedia, and just throwing it out there and then saying it with aggression. No, but uh, no, uh, no, I, you know, I like the Rick Ross thing. Uh, yeah, I would, I, I, he probably doesn't 
take direction that well, but if they brought him back, I believe and, it. Yeah, I brought him back, and he. But was again, like, dude, you literally just you look look at fucking uh, Keith Lee's face. Like I will say firmly, Keith Lee's face after that is the greatest thing he's done in AEW this far. Thus far, yeah, yes, no, I don't understand how that hasn't become like a gift meme. Like when somebody <laughs> fucks up, like that laugh. Uh, yeah, no, but um, yeah. no, no. Yeah, like I said, I felt really old, but you know, overall, you know, I'm glad. I'm glad. It's been a while since we'd seen a celebrity in oh, AEW, yeah. so we need to get some more celebrities out there. Absolutely, they need Absolutely. to call my boy a male and get him in the ring. For real, I mean, he ain't heels doing got, shit. Heels, heels got canceled. Let's he, fucking just get this shit going. He ain't doing shit. <laughs> nah, nah, they won't want him back there because he was cool with CM Punk. So, anyways, moving on. Moving on. Collision and Battle of the Belts on Saturday night uh, was a pretty damn stacked night for AEW, I would say. Um, it opened up with Danielson versus Andrade. I mean, these guys killed it. I like two of AEW's best workers. Andrade uh, came like his comeback that he's had on Collision has been one of the huge bright spots of this show. Uh, and him and Danielson worked magic in the ring. Honestly, they did a fucking incredible job. Um, and then uh, as the match ended up, uh, Danielson got a quick roll up basically to get the win. And then after the win was uh, the match was over, the uh, lights go out. And Malachi Black in the center of the ring, spin kick to the face. BCC come out to try to save Danielson. And then the lights go out. And then when they come back on, Malachi is gone. So this would be a thing that continued on in the night, I would say. But. First of all, as an opening match for a very stacked collision night, this match kicked ass. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Uh, Andrade is talented. Like, if you can't count on Andrade for anything, you might not like his promos. You might like, like, whatever. That dude, when it's time to put on a banger, you give him 15 to 20 minutes, and you say, go out there and just put on a match, he's going to kill it. I have become a huge fan of the uh, kick into the elbow until then he spins into the elbow. That's one of the most devastating things. And this match kicked ass. Uh, Yeah, I thought this match kicked ass. Brian Danielson is like, when people say he's the greatest American professional wrestler ever, right? And I'm like, and I know they're generally talking about just complete in-ring work. It's not that I agree. I just can't name anyone better. Yeah, no, I mean, I, give me time, maybe I can think of somebody, but, like, at this point in time, dude, like, Danielson is just at, on another level. Yeah, it's, level. it's just, at this point, it's, it like, when you're talking about the greatest ever, you gotta start, you know, being nitpicky and all that kind of stuff. No, exactly. Yeah, I can't think of anything he doesn't do well. He yeah, brawls no, he's well, technical he's wrestling. Yeah, it's like, whatever type of match you need Brian Danielson in, he can do and then Andrade, you know, I remember with the Johnny Gargano stuff, Andrade's work rate <laughs> has never been in question. So you put these two amazing wrestlers in, and you got a really good match. Because first, uh, you know, I personally, I personally would uh, suggest not using the term dream match as much. It's a bit, yeah. Only the only reason again, I am not being this one is not being critical at all. It's just when you say dream match, right? I want it to be like Okada, John Moxley, or I mean, even if it's happened in New Japan, but it's like a match 
you like, oh man, you could never see. And it's just like, I imagine Brian Danielson and uh, Andrade was a dream match to someone, right? Yeah. But did you just say, can you just say first time ever, uh, a right. long anticipated match or something? Save dream match for those big moments that you know like you yeah really you don't want the you don't want the word to lose the meaning. You, you don't want the word to, that's what it is you don't want the word to lose the meaning you want it to be special like no problem with the match i thought the match was great don't get me wrong and this is one of those things it's it's just a preference i don't think it brings anything down i don't think it's ruining wrestling i have no hot take <laughs> i'm just saying as a preference from a fan I would like you to save it for bigger moments. No, yeah, like straight up. Um, moving on, uh, we'll move over real quickly. Uh, the only thing I wanted to mention on the Bullet Club Gold and uh, Outrunners match was the fact that uh, after Bullet Club Gold got the win, the lights went dark again, and then they saw a man in a devil mask pop up, and he was watching on from somewhere in the arena, and then Jay White was like absolutely like stunned and the crowd was chanting MJF. So crowd, you're not helping his case. I'm just, I'm just telling you, like he's denying it constantly and you really aren't helping his case. Snitches get stitches. Y'all for real. Y'all snitching. I mean, you don't want to get mad at him, but I wanted to point out something that I pointed out to Austin before the show. I've seen the lineups of the two devils, two different people. Yeah. I don't know who they are, not saying it, but the person that was in that first one did not have not, the neck. Not have a big neck. <laughs> as the person that was in that second one. Well, like, she, it was significantly smaller. Yeah, significantly smaller. So it's like, whether they ever address it or not, I'm just going to say, if you have two eyes, you did not have to study very hard to be like, that person in the second one is way different than the person in the first one. Right, for sure. Uh, there was a Memphis street fight between uh, Eddie Kingston and Jeff Jarrett, and if Jeff won, he would get a shot at Eddie Kingston's Ring of Honor World Championship. Um, Jay Lethal would get a shot. At Jay Lethal, yeah, sorry, not yeah. Jeff Jarrett. Sorry. Yeah, Jay yeah. Lethal would get a shot. Um, they, had Dave Brown, they had Dave Brown uh, on for commentary, uh, he, Memphis he, announcer. He called Jeff Jarrett's first match he told the story doing this how he he's like this happened and i called his first national tv match dude like like, as a guy who loves commentators like that was such a cool thing like i didn't even know that and i like i saw him and he told that i was like that's fucking crazy yeah yeah the legend of memphis dave brown so and i you know what i was listening to him i mean he didn't seem like he seemed still pretty quick on the giddy up. You know yeah, what I mean? no, he, he, it's it seemed like he like if you sat him down to do weekly television, I think he he would yeah, he would hold yeah. his own. Yeah, he might not be interested anymore, but it sound it sound like he could uh, still do it if he wanted to. Sure, um, and yeah, I mean Eddie and uh, Jeff just proceeded to smack the shit out of each other with shit. Uh, there is a great cutter through a table, like off the ramp through a table that they, that Eddie did on, a, uh, like that Eddie got hit with, uh, Jay Le- hit by Jay lethal with, and he was in trouble for quite some time. But then eventually, uh, after his leg was just absolutely getting ripped on, he was flipping, uh, Jeff off still throughout the entire time. And regardless of the fact Jeff Jarrett, he tries to go for the lethal injection, and Eddie counters it, 
and then uh, knocks out Satnam Singh with a guitar, and then Jeff, uh, he gets chokeslam. I mean, Eddie gets chokeslammed by Satnam, but as it goes on, Jarek just that he's got so many people going up against Eddie. He, there's no way that he can survive all this, and he doesn't. He gets mugged basically, and Eddie gets pinned. So Jay Lethal will get a shot at the Ring of Honor World Championship uh, against Eddie Kingston. So yeah, the uh, continuing the wrestling's long tradition of stupid faces. Yes, yeah. uh, uh, Eddie Kingston took a no DQ match with a guy that literally walks around with five people at a time. <laughs> And you know what? No, this is where I'm getting to points to. This is not me pointing out what's wrong. It works for Eddie. Because Eddie is the stupid, crazy dude that will walk into a one-on-five fight and think he was going to win. Yeah. It, it, it works with his character. A lot of other characters, like MJF, wouldn't work with. Like, people like that. But Eddie Kingston has built himself as someone that just generally doesn't care about his well-being. <laughs> So he's right. going to it walk would be in like the room. Him and, like him or Darby doing something like yeah. this. It's like they yeah. don't care. Yeah, they're going to walk in the room with five guys and they fully expect to win the fight. It is, there's no like, oh, well, whatever. No, they fully expect to win the fight and it works for him. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, only other thing I will mention is that uh, your boys FTR were on this uh, show and they took on Bad Thad Brown and uh, Darian Bangston. And got, did they? Did they ever actually <laughs> take them on? Well, they were going to, but then proceeded <laughs> to have them get jumped by Malachi Black, who was just again all fucking over the place on this show. And they jumped uh, House the House of Black jumped uh, FTR, and they had Brody King there helping out. And yeah, so they're basically you know, hey, House of Black is here, and we're literally like causing mayhem to this show. I did love the constant usage of uh, House of Black and how they are just, you can just feel their presence constantly, whether it be through Malachi and Buddy and uh, Brody or whether it be Julia. I mean, like, the Sky Blue match from earlier in the night, she had a squash match where she was way more vicious and was actively being an asshole, and her face is just getting, like, her eyes are just covered in in black and... We'll talk a little bit more about the that kind of reference uh, into uh, uh, Battle of the Belts, but yeah, I just love the way the House of Black was just there. They they just had full control of the show. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, they are a collision act, uh, and that's that's really cool. I think it's very important to get over your tr- truly collision people, uh, as far as uh, especially with them is just like give people. A reason uh, to uh, tune in on uh, Saturdays, and it is well established that they are. I thought how it was done on this show was great. They went after all the big names. Uh, I actually have personally had the opinion that FTR should sit out a few weeks after getting dominated by Ricky Starks and Big Bill, and they didn't. But in a way. They did because they didn't actually they did, yeah. they, they didn't actually wrestle. So I just like you know you know this old school pro wrestling. We love old school pro wrestling. Sell the injury, baby. Sell the injury. You got your ass whooped. You know that kind of yeah. thing. 
Uh, I did. Uh, we didn't get to talk about it. Well, we did talk about it, but Dax cut a promo. Uh, I think it was on Collision last week about how they showed up to work after getting their ass kicked. Cause you know, and he was like, you didn't feel, you know, some of y'all didn't feel like going to work. So we have to show up to work. And it was such, I thought it was such a good, I felt like it was a great eighties promo. Cause you know, like that I'm the every man kind of, you know, eighties promo. He hit on it and I liked it. And then this week they came back and worked and then they got their ass kicked. So that was yeah, cool. for real. Yeah. It was very old school. Yeah. No. Uh, main event of Collision, the AEW Tag Team Championships being defended by Big Bill and Ricky Starks and Claudio and Yuta. Um, honestly, really solid match. FTR trying to make sure that uh, the match was evened up as the House of Black was circling uh, uh, the tag chance basically after the match was over. And uh, they were basically outnumbering everybody basically with the, with the heels. Um the match itself, I thought, was really solid. Uh, Yuta was the one that took the fall off of a uh, big Rochambeau fr- and spear from uh, from Ricky Starks. Uh, but then John Moxley, he comes back and he proceeds to even things up as he, him, and the BCC team up with FTR, force House of Black and Big Bill and Ricky Starks out of the ring, and then basically uh, they're like, "All right, cool." But then. Uh, as they thought they were out of there, uh, FTR was able to uh, hit uh, Ricky Starks with the big rig. Uh, but the big rig, yeah, it goes. It's back to its original name. Is it back to the Shatter Machine? It is the Shatter Machine. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. Then the then the website needs to jump on the same page. They really do need to get up on the same page. I'm like they're actually working on. Uh, I don't know if they're working on it. But the idea of there's this really cool Shatter Machine shirt that's uh that I saw the one that he posted on uh, on, uh, uh, on Instagram. Instagram. Yes. yes, and it was like it was so funny. It was like uh like the dude did the shirt, and I was like, I remember seeing the shirt, and I immediately replied like when I first saw the shirt, this like picture. I was like, this needs to be on the shirt. I'm I would buy it. And then today he posted like, oh, would you buy this? It was on the shirt. Fuck yeah, I'd buy if it was on the shirt. What are we doing? Yeah. What are we doing? Of course I yeah, would buy this. On, man. Yes. No, no, uh no yeah. Dude, no. Um but yeah, this was a fun, you know, fun. It was a fun collision, yeah. yeah no, yeah. and then it felt like cause of the House of Black stuff, it felt like something was always happening. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and then that led into Battle of the Belts, uh, and it opened with Orange Cassidy making his entrance for his international championship match against John Silver, and he fucking shoulder checks John Moxley, and these two are just like jawing at each other. I don't think John Moxley knew that was coming because the way he swung at him, <laughs> it was like you son of a bitch, that like, was... you motherfucker. Oh, yes, it's it was one of those moments where it was like. Because, you know, you like the whole suspension of disbelief. I talk about it all the time. That was yeah. a great suspension of disbelief moment. Because I really thought, John, I, I mean, if he wasn't, man, that man's an amazing actor. Because I thought John Moxley was pissed. I thought he was ready to fight that guy right there. Oh, straight up, dude. Straight yeah, up. Like, and when I say I thought he was pissed, I didn't think he was like wrestling. Hey, I'm playing a role, pissed. I thought he was going to actually kill that man. <laughs> so yeah, that was no. really cool. That was awesome, honestly. Um, 
going into the entire night, though, uh, I would say, uh, like, it, Battle of the Belts was fine. I think it was fine, but guys, you need- gotta have belts change on this show if you're gonna make it all about titles when none of the belts change hands. I'm I'm begging you, dude. Like, it's a, it's a rampage with belts. That's what I'm saying. It's like, like so you gotta have a title change hands. I also feel that way about something else that happened on Dynamite. Yeah. Uh, so I will talk about that. But you really, I'm like. It's one of those things that I don't think you should always have titles change hands. I don't. I, I, I actually more along the lines of t- long title reigns and stuff like that. That that doesn't bother me. But if you're going to have a show called Battle of the Belts and you're going to have it like multiple times a year, you need a title change on the show. Yes. Um, there's not much really I want to get into. Uh, the big thing I want to mention uh, is in Willow Nightingale's match with Chris Statlander. She loses to Chris. Uh, Chris offered to shake her hand afterwards, but Will- Sky Blue basically told Willow, came down, was like, no, don't accept it, basically. And, like, Willow thought about it, but still proceeded to accept the handshake, and Willow then proceeded to walk away, and Sky was absolutely disgusted. So Sky's already well far gone in terms of this House of Black shit. Willow, there's a little bit holding on, it seems. That I liked. I, I wasn't expecting it because I thought Willow was going to immediately like be like, nah, fuck you. And then those two walk to the back and then it kind of solidifies like, oh yeah, here comes the turn. Well, well, if you notice, they're telling the story with the eye, right? That, no, exactly. So Sky's eyes are darker than Willow's. They but are. Willow, yeah. Willow's has start getting dark and if you notice, they're getting light again. Like mm-hmm. it's almost wearing off or whatever. So right. I love that they're telling the story with the eye makeup. That's something I would have never thought of. But it's so obvious that you don't have to be a super nerdy wrestling fan to get it. No, yeah, exactly. Um, MJF, uh, I mean, sorry, Samoa Joe also cut a really good promo uh, on MJF after he killed Tony Nese to retain the... uh, Well, I don't even think it was retaining the TV Ring of Honor TV Championship. I don't think it was even for it. He just killed Tony Nese. Um, It was for the title, but... It it was, was, okay. It literally happened so fast that I straight up just didn't even realize if it was for it or not. Uh, but he cut a really good promo afterwards, I would say. But yeah, other than that, Battle of the Belts itself, it was a fine enough show. But like Floyd said, said it's literally just a rampage filled with title matches where the title doesn't change hands. So, like, you gotta throw us a bone or else don't do these shows anymore. Like, there's no selling point for Battle of the Belts because you're not in any... There's no reasonable doubt that but these belts are changing hands at all. Yes. So something cool, everything uh, William Regal said that he was uh, giving MJF the belt. So basically it it was going to be his worst nightmare because everybody was going to be coming after him and he wasn't going to be able to trust anybody. Yeah. That's all coming true. All right. I, I know a lot of people didn't haven't thought about that, but it's like all coming true. Because they're they're setting many different threads on all these different people chasing after MJF, and it's pretty much what William Regal said was going to happen. Okay, I there you go. Uh, we'll move over now to AEW Dynamite. It got opened up with Renee Paquette uh, interviewing MJF, and he called Adam Cole. He answered, but basically, even before he could say anything to Adam Cole. Uh, the kingdom and uh, 
Roderick Strong interrupt going with Roderick screaming, uh, Adam, like trying to talk over the speakerphone to Adam Cole and Max has to hang up and MJF gets furious being like, what in the hell do you want? And he's like, listen, obviously you're the man in the devil mask, but let's say we live in a world where you're not. And for the sake of our mutual friend, best friend, Adam Cole, I will take pity on you and I will help you with Bullet Club Gold. And he said, you're going to help me? Thank you so much. And he fucking pushes Roderick, who's sitting in a wheelchair, and he pushes him backwards, which was so fucking funny. And MJF then gets on a microphone, screams he's going to send uh, Jay White a message in blood and that he's got a bullet with Juice Robinson's name on it. He says all that. Screen goes black. Devil Mask Man appears and then puts his hand in front of the camera and shuts it off. So, once again, trying to be like, is it him? Is it really him? Um, so, yeah. So, my favorite thing of uh, right now in AEW is to go on Twitter and see, like, no one wanted to be MJF, you know? Everybody wanted it to be Adam Cole, but as it seems, Adam Cole is actually legitimately injured. Uh, most people are accepting that it's not him. Right. Hearing people's theories on who it could be, it's so fun, but it's also this. This is the thing that's a problem. <laughs> that yeah. you build up the story in your mind, and you're like, it has to be this person. And they come up it with these, these intricate stories, and it's got to be this person. And then it's something that makes sense, but it's not what you thought. And you're like, oh, God, this is stupid. I'm going to need you to rewind, pull back, pull back, and understand it's already been decided. They're not, they didn't listen to your idea and ignore it. This storyline's been decided, and they're unveiling it to us. Unveiling it to us. So, I need everyone to calm down. Yeah. <laughs> like, they're not like, oh, Tony Khan, well, he might be. Tony Khan's a maniac, so he may be well on Twitter reading all your things. But if he's reading it, it's just to see if anyone's anywhere near the right answer. But no, yeah. he's not going to change it based on your uh, well-thought-out 15-tweet explanation on who the devil is. Yeah, so don't don't think about that. Yeah, yeah, don't get disappointed. He didn't read your idea and reject it. This has already been decided, and they're letting us know what it is. Yeah, straight up. Um, moving on to the opening match, it's the Dynamite Diamond Ring match between MJF and Rock Hard Juice Robinson, and MJF immediately he's just trying to kill juice robinson i loved how he was just gung-ho motivated and he just proceeds to just go after juice robinson taking him around the ramp all that kind of stuff and just throwing him apart and um there was a point where uh the guns are out uh, at ringside during this match uh, well the whole bullet club gold are there um and colton of the gun club Distracts the rap. Juice chokes him with his own scarf. And then Jay White's up there holding the uh, AEW World Championship. And he goes on uh, commentary during the match. Um, Juice gets a ton of momentum on as he gets help with the guns distracting. Um, Juice took his uh, ring that he got from TJ Maxx. He looks like he's going to knock out MJF. Then MJF gets his dynamite diamond ring. Juice swings. MJF gets out of the way. Gets his... uh, ring shot throws the dynamite diamond ring in its, in its trunks hits the heat seeker gets the pin 
Immediately afterwards, the guns come and swarm him. The Kingdom and Roderick Strong come out to try to save him, and it goes poorly, and they get jumped out by the guns, basically. Uh, Jay White then comes, and then eventually, finally, as everything's going down, the, the acclaimed and daddy ass come out, and they force out Bullet Club Gold, and finally give a little bit of help to uh, Adam Cole. And Jay White proceeds to be like, forget about all this, because focus on the only thing that matters, which is the man standing with here with the bang bang belt, and you will never get your grubby little hands on it, because I will pummel your face into the ground, and you will breathe with the switchblade at full gear. And the guns then challenge MJF to defend the Ring of Honor World Tag Team titles at full gear. And MJF proceeds to be like, you got it, and I will see you at full gear, Jay White, but I'm not waiting that long to get my hands on you. But next week, you four versus me and three tag partners of my choosing, and when I win, you give me back the Triple B. And Roger goes, Max, you're obviously going to pick us, right? And I'm like, yes, he's going to pick the man in a wheelchair with a neck brace, obviously. That's so such an easy thing for you to figure that out. And Max then proceeds like, Max Caster then goes, so you're picking us then, right? And he said, listen very carefully, Caster. Known you since I was 18, and I never liked you. And if you think I'm going to tag with you, you've got another thing coming, because I will never tag with you. And Max goes, Max Caster goes, so you're saying there's a chance. And uh, he tries to get him to scissor him real quick, and he just walks away, and he's like, not a shot. And because of that, Daddy Ass wants to kill him. And then as if this segment didn't have enough shit going on, here comes Kenny Omega. And they face off. And Max is getting told by Kenny Omega being like, you seem to have a lot going on here, but I want something that you have. And I got something that you want. So if you're the type of scumbag that I think you are, you're going to laugh at my face. But if you're the kind of champion that these fans want you to be and you want to be, you'll hear me out. I deserve the right to defend my streak, my, my AW World Championship longest reign streak, I get, try to get that belt back. And if you're truly better than me, don't be afraid to show it. And MJF goes, cleaner versus devil, Saturday night on collision. May the best man win, and he will. And Omega says goodbye, good night, and goes, three days, bitch, and walks away. Uh, the match itself, uh, I would say real quick, was good. But holy shit, this segment had a ton of stuff in it. Like, Jesus Christ. Like, MJF is involved with so much shit, like, surrounding everything. It's like, you feel like you gotta take notes almost. Dude, uh, targets, like, like, you know, I would love somebody to make a picture with a bunch of red dots pointing at MJF. Honestly, <laughs> like, Because <seriously>. <laughs> that's what it looks like. He is, he is dodging bullets from every way, and it's like, now he has to find three people that he quote-unquote trust to, uh, you know, three people that he trusts to go fight, uh, go fight the Bang Bang Gang, and it's just like, I mean, I personally, I know the three people I would pick, right? Because there's this, there's this former group that, if you look at the top of my figure set, there's the uh, five guys that are amazing at professional wrestling. They were called the Pinnacle, and Sean Spears doesn't seem to be doing nothing these days. FTR doesn't like the Bang Bang Gang anyway. There you go. But I don't know who it's going to be. That's the crazy thing. Because he's literally told the two groups that have offered to actually help. He has told them both no. (laughs) 
So exactly. Like, so like, and not a lot of other people like him. So, <laughs> are they gonna go? Because I just assumed, if you didn't, that it was gonna end up being the acclaimed and Billy Gunn, right? No, yeah, exactly. And it's just like. Like something's gonna happen, so we're gonna see, and I'm looking, I'm looking forward to it. I, it's like, it is very much a twist on professional wrestling. They're doing stuff. There's the wrestling is like a song most of the time, and you know the lyrics and the words and what's coming next and whatever. And it's like if you hit this note, this note's coming next, whatever. Well, right now, AEW's doing just enough to keep you on your toes. Straight, honestly, yeah. It's, it's like you don't know. know exactly where everything's going. I and, and the best how you know that is that you go on Twitter and there's so many different threads. Honestly. The, yeah. Like, you don't know where they're going to go. Yeah. So, moving on, though, from this, we had uh, Wardlow, once again, and he was watching MJF at home, and he said the Devil's Claws are in him, and now he's going to take everything MJF has. And I'm just like, geez, like you said, for real, dude, the targets, like, He's literally got to go through like a Kill Bill style, like all these people he has to go through. It's fucking crazy. Dots on dots on dots. Someone posted on Twitter that Wardlow looked like the cool youth pastor, and I (laughs) died. Died. So accurate. So accurate. (laughs) I would have never thought of that, but it was so accurate. As soon as I read it, I was like, I'm it's like laughing, amazing. like I choke on my water because yeah, I'm like I just yeah, did. That's yes. what I did. Yeah, I was like because it's so accurate because that's exactly what he looks like. Yeah, um, that's fucking hysterical. Moving on, uh, the Dark Order took on FTW champion Hook and Rob Van Dam. Uh, this is a fun TV match, honestly. This is you know basically ECW versus uh, the Dark Order with. Taz's son and Rob Van Dam teaming up, which is a very cool thing to see. Dude, um, it, it's still crazy to me that Rob Van Dam doesn't look really a step slower than when I saw him like 10 years ago. You know what I mean? Is he slower than he was in the 90s when he was the whole effing, you know, the whole effing show? Oh, sure. Of yeah. course. But if you're looking, if you're talking like it's 2023, like 2010 and beyond, He's pretty much the same Rob Van Dam, and he moves just as well. Like he can hit all his shit, and it's like, like there should be shit that he shouldn't be doing anymore. He can still do it, and it still just looks as fluid. Yeah, honestly, that's that's pretty crazy, uh, considering like how long he's been going. And like I said, seeing those two team, it was just cool to see those two team. Uh, the match itself was was fun. It was it was it was a good TV match, I would say. Um, then we had uh, Sting come out with Darby Allen uh, with his shoulder all busted because this man is so crazy that while he's dealing with a shoulder injury, he wants to go to Nitrous Circus and proceed to fucking land on directly on his shoulder. Like, we joke about it all the time. Darby's the kind of guy that's going to stop re- not be able to wrestle before he gets to 30. Absolutely. And, yeah, he wouldn't have it any other way. If he couldn't I, go, If he couldn't go as hard as he goes, he just wouldn't wrestle. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We, we'd just be like, no, nah, I'll just get an office job or something. Yeah. Um, Sting comes out in, to, in Philadelphia and thanks them and calls Darby Allen his best tag team partner he's ever had, to which people start wooing. 
He's like, hey, uh, and stuff like that. Well, and uh, as things go on, Tony Schiavone brings up the fact that Tony Khan wanted to thank you because you arrived early in 2021, first match at Revolution 2021, and you're going to have your last match at Revolution this year. And 35 years ago, TBS was put on the map by Sting, put professional wrestling on TBS on the map, and the special gift gets brought out. And it's the motherfucking nature boy, Ric Flair, back on Turner Broadcasting, back on a non-WWE show uh, that's on TV. It's hey, Ric Flair. Dude. Woo! Um, basically, like, I remember. Not, that, that, there's, I don't know how many people out there are like this that can say this, but mm-hmm. I watched Clash 1 live. The first Clash of the Champions that was going up against WrestleMania. Of course, I, we weren't getting pay-per-view, but we had stolen cable. So yeah, there you go. There you I go. watched Ric Flair and Sting go 65 minutes in a match at the first Clash of the Champions. And I watched live the last Nitro when Sting and Ric Flair was the last match in Nitro history. And now it's like 2023. I honestly, let's be real. I didn't think Ric Flair would still be alive in 2023. And it's like now Ric Flair is on TBS again. TBS, the the original channel that I saw them wrestle on. He's on TBS as a surprise for staying. Uh, again, I, I, I know. I know I'm going to be like dressed head on. I understand everything that has been said, written, Ric Flair. I get it. I understand. Is is he the person of the year? Person of the century? No. But when it comes to in professional wrestling, performing, this is like separating two things because we all are humans and have the right to do that. or have the ability to do that. When it comes to wrestling, my childhood is not my childhood without Ric Flair. Period. My childhood is not my childhood without Sting. And I figure, hey, that's just our childhood. My adulthood is not my adulthood without Ric Flair and Sting. That's how long they've been in my life. My life is not my life without Ric Flair and Sting. So to see Sting, Ric Flair, on on TV on TBS, the Superstation, as they call it, as they once called it, uh, in 2023, heading towards Sting's last match, pretty much, what, a, a little over a year after Flair's last match? Dude, that, that meant everything to this old man. I mean, I know some young people are like, oh, Ric Flair's a piece of shit. Maybe, maybe not, whatever. I'm, I have no opinion when it comes to that. I like literally you won't hear my opinion when it comes to that. I just care about what he does in the guise of professional wrestling. One of the greatest professional wrestlers of all time on it. First time ever to one of the first time ever. Tony Khan's major announcement. The greatest gift ever was a person and probably the greatest wrestler ever. So, yeah, shout out. I really I really enjoyed this segment. Yeah, no. <clears throat> like, and, and Ric Flair didn't ramble. 
He no, did not. Uh, yeah, he, he stayed did not pretty ramble. controlled. He did look very fucking frail, though, when he was doing his fucking bouncing off the rope shit. And I was just like, Flair, for the love of God, you're going to turn into dust. Like, we got to calm down a bit. Uh, but, I mean, it was just fucking amazing to see, dude. I mean, Sting and Ric Flair in the same ring on TBS in an AEW ring, dude. I mean, it was outstandingly cool. Um, so... Then. Oh, oh yeah, speak of the devil. I'm inside the NBA is on while I'm talking to you, and guess who was just on there? Was it Mr. Ric Flair? Rick Ross. Oh, let's fucking go. Yo, we were just talking about Rick Ross. Apparently him and Meek Mill have a joint album coming out called Too Good to Be True. But it was funny because we had just been talking about missing Rick Ross on uh, AEW, and he was on a different TNT show. There you go. I mean, it's only a matter of time, guys, before we eventually get that Rick Ross versus Keith Lee match, and it's going to be something. (laughs) Uh, But as this amazing uh, reunion takes place in the middle of the ring, here comes Christian Cage, and I literally start laughing maniacally because I'm just like, you got to be fucking kidding me. Um, He goes, Tony Khan is a billionaire. And this is the gift he gives Sting for his retirement. So he basically gave you a suit, some gold chains, and a black liver. So he was like, listen, guys, it's all right. Relax. I know he's not dead. I know Ric Flair's not dead. But I'm out here because Sting and Darby Allen decided to stick their noses in my business again. And he goes, how's your arm feeling, Darby? And he's like, you still have some sour grapes because I beat you in your hometown at WrestleDream. So here's one more chance. Look at something. That's you're not going to be again, and it's the champion. And now I'm going to have to make this situation go away myself. So, Sting, I know you have this beautiful dream in your head that you'll make it to Revolution because you started at Revolution in 2021. But I don't want to wait until Revolution to make you go away. So you want I want you to be gone right now. So there's three of us. I see two of you and Ric Flair. I mean, I you can take Ric Flair as a partner if you want, but he's one super kick away from his pacemaker dying and kicking out. And he goes, full gear, get you a part, yourself a partner, and your retirement will come early, and it's going to be a funeral. And Sting basically goes, we're going to find a partner, Darby and I, and we accept your challenge. So it's going to be Christian, Nick Wayne, and Luchasaurus versus Darby, Sting, and a third. Um... And then there was a. Oh, actually, we'll get into that because it's later in the show. But uh, everybody this on was Twitter, amazing. everybody on this segment was great. Everybody on Twitter that asked, "Who do you think the third person will be?" made me so angry. Yeah, because it's so fucking obvious. Like, what are what are we doing? I was like. What? There's nothing to speculate. Your only thing you're gonna do is piss yourself off. It is obvious who's the third person. Who's the third person, Austin? Yeah, I'll just let you say it, man. It's Edge. It's yeah. Edge. It's Adam Copeland. It's the Radar Superstar. It's not gonna be anybody else. Stop being stupid. You're hurting yourself. You're you're only making yourself look bad. You're yeah. you're, you're only disappointing yourself. Oh my god, is it gonna be fucking uh Sword Strickland? There's, there's no mystery. <laughs> no, it's it's Adam Copeland, guys. Come on. Come on. Uh, there is no mystery. This is not hard. Wrestling's not hard most of the time. <laughs> yeah. Um 
we move over next to Jericho cutting a prom, uh, backstage interview with Panette, Renee Paquette saying basically, I can't remember a time I got beat down as bad as I did to, against Powerhouse Hops. And, you know, I seem to really have lost my way a little bit, basically. Um, I have to wonder, am I, can I still beat Will Hobbs? Is it time to take a step back or should I get even stronger? said, is it time to get some sort of revenge? And he's like, listen, you got a whole, Don Callis has a whole family, a lot of friends in that family, but I've got some friends too. Some of those friends are even bigger than Will Hobbs, and it might be time for me to give them a call. So there's that. We move over to the ring of, oh, go ahead. The main speculation was Paul White. Yeah, I mean, I could, I could. There's not a lot of people bigger. (laughs) I was just. I mean, you get a Jericho reunion. Yeah, because I I was just, we were just sitting there thinking, like every. I mean, I'm thinking everybody's throwing out there, and I was like, somebody threw out Paul White, and I'm like, I guess because just think about it, just think of the sheer mass of Will Hobbs. No, what what free agent wrestler is bigger than Will Hobbs? And it's like, so, so I did have this thing. Because there has been this large, large black man waiting in the wings, very, very much dormant. And people have been waiting for him to be released into the wild again, named Keith Lee. And that's where my brain went. Because you're trying to build the people that are in your company. It really doesn't do a lot. You know, Big Show, uh, great pop. But if you're, like, using Jericho to try to get someone that hasn't been active or that is not over over he grabs keith lee right and that's what i'm saying dude i mean like i don't understand like what the plan is with keith Lee. Yeah. i mean like he was such a huge signing because keith lee was one of those guys where when he was released people were fucking fuming they were like how could you mess this up how could you let this slip through your fingers this dude is one of the biggest like like this dude can be a star anywhere so when AEW got him, like we were all waiting for that singles push. I mean, this was a guy that was a NXT and North American champion. And he got into a tag team with Swerve Strickland, and we were all like, okay, this is only leading until his first uh, feud. And then he broke off with Swerve, and their feud kind of just pam- tampered off. And then he disappeared for a little bit, and then he came back with gray hair, and everyone hated it. And then now it's, he's kind of just been gone again so like i'm sorry if you want to get some momentum back with keith lee you do it right now and you do it with this like just give him something i'm just saying like he's one of those guys like i mean if he's still on the books with aew by this point which i at this point like i said i don't even know if that lasts much longer but if he is you fucking give him something to do guys yeah uh it, it was like, that's where my brain went to Keith Lee. It might not be end up being Keith Lee, but that's where my brain went. And I was like, you know what? That, you know, can make sense. And because, like I said, it's just not a lot of people that AEW has access to that are bigger than Will Hobbs. <laughs> He's just a mountain of a man. Uh, Paul White makes sense. Uh, again, so I'm looking forward to whatever it is. But I thought this was a great interview by uh, Chris Jericho. Someone that's a little older coming to grips that this might this whole thing might be passing him by because he just got completely dominated and yeah let's let's see what happens there. Yeah, um, excuse me. 
Moving on, we have the Ring of Honor World Six Man Championship match between the Elite and the Hardys, which is Matt and Jeff and Brothers A. Um, and this was a fun little Elite match. I mean, we know the history between the Young Bucks and the Hardys. Uh, seeing them clash is always entertaining. Um, getting Brothers A into an actual legit match. I mean, dude, this dude, like in Private Party, have been have not been nearly to the levels that they were back in AEW's first two years. Yeah, um, I, I, I like. I don't know what's wrong with Mark Quinn, but uh, of course, I hope he heals up or whatever. Sure. Yeah. I I thought Private Party would have been like two time AEW Tag Team Champions for real now. By this point, so I am. Uh, I'm hoping you know. If he, if he do, can wrestle again or whatever, and he can do it safely, that he gets back, we get Private Party. He's been keeping the, the Private Party gear, name, and all that stuff. So I'm guessing they assume he's going to come back. So I'm hoping it happens sooner rather than later. But, uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, and being around the Hardys has kept Isaiah relevant, kept him on TV. This was exciting, you know, Hardys match. I am of, of the opinion, as much as I love the Hardys, as much as I loved the Hardys at one point in my time, every moment they're on the screen is someone, you know, someone else could be on the screen. I mean, I'm just yeah. like, I feel like they had their time. And it's like, whatever. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe, uh, you know, like, because I don't dislike either one of the Hardys. I mean, that I want to make that clear. It's just, right. I'm just kind of tired. <laughs> you know, like, hey, let's do something else. Let's have there someone else out there. Yeah. Moving on, uh, we had uh, Adam Copeland backstage talking about how he still cared more about his friendship with Christian Cage than anything else in that's happened in the business. And Darby proceeds to be like, listen, I know you came in to ride off in the sunset with your best friend, but that's not the world we're living in. He's like, did you think I wanted to break Nick Wayne's face? No, but it's kill or be killed. And Copeland starts talking about, like, Darby, I respect you. And Sting proceeds to interrupt being like, how are we having this conversation? I know what it's like to have the blinders on. I was up and down the road with Lex Luger. I was up and down with the road with that guy who I just was in the ring with. Yeah, I had the blinders on. And you know that legend out there? I learned from him. I, I see right through guys like Christian. And you need to open your eyes before it's too late. And he literally fucking shakes him, like... Listen to what I'm saying before it's too late. Don't mess this up now. Um, so yeah, guys, he's teaming up with uh, Darby and, and uh, Sting to face Christian and his boys. So I was gonna say, and Edge made it very clear that he had never, you know, even been in the ring face to face with Sting. Yeah, now he gets to team with Sting, guys. Come yeah, on. yeah, there, 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 there we're going. That's where we're going. Yeah. We then had Kikaru Shida face off against uh, Ruby Soho for the AEW Women's World Championship. Shout out to the uh, three times T-shirt that Shida got. It's really cool. Um, and <clears throat> yeah, uh, there was a great moment, honestly, in this match where uh, Ruby grabs her spray paint from the outcast. Like, I will mention too, uh, uh, real quick. Uh, uh, like. Is the Outcast group just gonna? Are we just gonna finally kind of keel that whole thing off? Because with Tony being her own self and Soraya kind of not even being like on TV with Ruby that much, is it time we just kill the Outcast group as a as a as a thing altogether? Because I think it's it's time to kill the. Outcast. I mean, it's it's effectively dead. Too. That's what I'm saying. So, like, basically, just put a nail in that whole thing. Um, 
but Ruby gets the uh, turnbuckle pad off. Rep gets away from her, but then she grabs her spray paint, tosses it to Sheeta, and proceeds to act like she got sprayed in her eyes. And Excalibur's just like, you just have to look at her face. There's no spray paint on it. And Sheeta then proceeds to, uh, Ruby then proceeds to get the, in, out of the ring and then come back in with the title belt. And then she did went, go to sp- defend herself with the spray paint, but she sprays the belt. Belt gets taken away, and then Ruby proceeds to take a wrist tape off, choke Sheeta, and uh, nearly get her there. Like, Ruby was doing every goddamn heelish thing possible to try to win this match, which I did heavily appreciate. Um, eventually, uh, Ruby Soho takes the fall after she gets hit into the exposed turnbuckle and then hit into Mo- uh, Katana. And then that's when Timeless Tony Storm, uh, she announced that she's going to have her ho- Hollywood homecoming the Quest for Gold at Full Gear, which we had another lovely uh, silent movie at in Picture in Picture. And basically, we don't know who she's going for. Is she going after... Uh, uh, is she going after uh, Hikaru Shida? Is she going after Chris Dadlett? She just wants gold. But, like, she just comes out, basically, does her little pose, and, you know, I fall in love all over again. That's just how it goes. Yeah, uh, yeah, I enjoyed it. Uh, the Tony Storm thing—it has really, uh, it has really uh, captivated a certain part of the audience. Me, I'm just like, hey, Tony Storm, dope wrestler, you know that kind of thing. And yeah. it's like, but it has captivated, and some people are just like really digging this, and I, you know, I, I don't blame them. It's uh, again, it, it's I, it different. really just comes down to the fact of when you have these stupid fucking gimmicks, but you. You give everything to them. It's just the one thing that I always appreciate because there's a lot of dumb gimmicks in wrestling. Oh, um, and, if you don't, and if you don't, and if you don't like fully buy into it, like the fans will not give you an inch. I promise you. Yeah, absolutely, so, absolutely. And that's 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 truly the reason why I think. Because otherwise, I mean, it's a Marilyn Monroe gimmick and it's a Hollywood female wrestler gimmick. We've seen things like this multiple times, but it's I don't just think Tony's, you've seen it's just Tony's it. commitment. And I'll say, I don't think we've seen it Tony's way. It's just like... Not her way. She's just psychotic. Yes, it's just like, you don't know if she's heel or face, really. No, she's, exactly. She's, 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 just, she's just bipolar in every sense of the word. Yeah, she's the star of the show, and she pretty much anybody else that wants attention that she wants is her enemy. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Um, we then had Kenny Omega getting interviewed... I mean, uh, MJF getting interviewed backstage about her, his match against Kenny Omega on Collision... And then Samoa Joe interrupts him, going, hey, congrats, you suffer from a severe lack of friendship, and you need people watching out for you, so here's the deal. I will be your friend, and I will watch out for you if you give me my rematch for the AW World Championship. You don't have to answer me now, but with the way things are going, you'll answer soon. You'll You'll give me my answer soon enough. So Joe, being the smartest man in the room, being like, I'll protect you for the time being if you give me a title match. Like... 40 chess move right there by Samoa Joe. Like, there's a reason why this man is as good as he is. That's what I was thinking, like, when, you know, I'm all, you know, always thinking forward. I'm like, that the three people that end up tagging up with MJF, he gets all three of them by promising on them all title shots. And then all of a sudden it becomes a four-way or something. Yes, yes. So that would be... Um, yeah, that would be wild, but... Main event time, and we get into uh, Orange Cassidy, the international champion, teaming with Kazuchika Okada to face 
Brian Danielson and Claudio Castagnoli of the of the uh, BCC. Uh, this was a lot of fun. Um, honestly, like, and it's the dumbest thing. the The biggest thing I took away from this match was the Okada Rainmaker pose. Zoom out of the camera, and then Orange Cassidy slowly walks in and hugs Kazuchika Okada, and they do the same fucking zoom out. I was <laughs> losing my shit over that, and Okada's just like, "Okay, sure, I'll accept the hug." Um, yes. Because when but, they zoom out, you know, that's give the people what they want. It's not. Different. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I love the fact that we got Danielson and Okada back in the ring, uh, considering what we had with their uh, uh, Forbidden Door match. Danielson yes, afraid to get in the ring with Okada. Yeah, he didn't want to hurt himself. Yes, I, I dug Okada that. Okada hurt this man, and he was... He was concerned. Yeah, um, he's like, uh, no, I'm not getting back in there with you. You're going to hurt me. Yeah, love that storytelling in that match. Um, as the match goes on, they're just going back and forth and back and forth, and Claudio is swinging people around and uppercutting people to death. Um, <clears throat> but eventually, he proceeds to get in there, uppercuts Okada, then throws a big uppercut, like a jumping uppercut to Orange Cassidy. And he pins Orange Cassidy. And then it confirms next week on Dynamite, we will be getting uh, Claudio versus uh, Orange Cassidy for the international championship. And there is a match that I have all the uh, hope going forward that we get a fucking banger in that. I don't even care if Claudio wins or loses because, dude, that's a damn good mid-card title match for uh, Dynamite, I would say. Like that that has me hyped. Because I'm surprised in this time being that Brian that Claudio Castagnoli in his time period with the uh, BCC has not gone for after a single championship in this company. Because god damn it, man, this guy he can be a champion anywhere. So I'm just saying, like it's it's about time this man at least got a shot at one. OC gonna have to go through the BCC to get to Mox Lee. Because that's the goal. He doesn't feel like everybody's like, why didn't he get excited? He doesn't feel like the champion until he yeah, beats Moxley. Until he beats Moxley. So yeah. he's got to go through the entire BCC. Um, and after the match, uh, uh, best friends Rocky Romero and Hook came in to check in on Orange. And like I said, he was kind of just not all there. And he wasn't really paying them much mind. So Laser, but, laser focused on beating up John Moxley. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which Damn is, straight. Which is completely different from anything that has been presented as Orange Cassidy. Yeah, so it's going to be really cool to see this man driven and actually caring about beating somebody that bad. Yes. Uh, but that was AEW Dynamite from this past week. Uh, going forward on Rampage this Saturday, uh, we have uh, the, big, the big oh, match. The big yes. match is Ortiz. Versus Santana, we'll talk about the rest of the card. Yeah, but... real quick, yeah. We're going to hear from MJF and Kenny Omega for their match against on Collision. Kyle Fletcher versus Konosuke Takeshita, which should be a banger. A four-way between Sky Blue, Willow Nightingale, Anna Jay, and Abaddon. Who, nice to see her back on TV again. And the winner gets a shot at the AW Women's Championship on Collision. And then, yes, Santana versus Ortiz. The reason I'm so excited about this is because this has been a rampage rivalry. It has been. No, you know, it, they, they haven't talked. Put out a, a timelines video on YouTube, basically talking about these two guys. Yes, and it's just been done on rampage. And this is what I, this is. 
God, this is what I think each one of the shows needs. Something yeah. to make the show. I know Rampage is pre-recorded. You could go on and read the results. But let's just say you're a person that ignores the spoilers. Give me a reason to stay up that extra hour on a Friday night. Give me a reason if I'm younger and I was going to go out. Give me a reason to delay going out for an hour. Even though it's a lower kind of tier storyline, you get Santana or Ortiz on Rampage. Team, people that have been teaming up for years. It actually has a blood feud type of uh, feel to it. They have video packages. They don't like each other. But if you want to see it. You have to watch Rampage to see it. I love this idea. Need more of this. Yeah, no, this match is big. And the, and you know it's big because people are being like, why is this not on Dynamite? I'm like, because they literally spent the entire time on Rampage building this match up. If it came up on Dynamite, well, people wouldn't know if they just watched Dynamite. There's three shows. AEW has three nationally televised shows. Uh, I do know Dynamite's the flagship, and then Collision's second, Rampage is third, but they have to put content on all three shows. So just because you don't feel like watching Rampage, don't scream, why isn't it on Dynamite? Watch fucking Rampage. That's where it's at. That's where the yeah. show's at. Watch it. <laughs> I no, yeah, exactly. It's I mean it's on one of the it's on one of the same channels. It's not like this is a it's not like you have to go get a special login to get access to it. It's still yeah, on TV. No, it's still <laughs> on TV, yeah. If you if you care about this match this much, yeah. Watch, watch it. Rampage. Yeah. It's like, oh, well enough people aren't watching it. That's not your concern. Right, exactly. <laughs> um, and then in terms of collision, uh like I said, Hikaru Shido will face the winner of that four way on Rampage. And then we get our boys, MJF versus Kenny Omega for the AW World Championship on Collision. I mean, that that alone is worth tuning into Collision. Like, just, okay. Jesus Christ. What do you think, like, this, I mean, if you're going to talk about inside the AEW uh, stratosphere, universe, whatever, galaxy is what they call it, uh, or what the Jericho Appreciation Society call it, the AEW Galaxy. You would effectively call this a dream match. Right. So, like, MJF, you know, doesn't lose very much. Kenny Omega doesn't lose very much. Long, long time champions. And they give you the match on three days' notice. What do you think about that, sir? Um, Quite frankly, I like I said, I love the story about the fact that, you know, this is basically Kenny trying to keep his longest reigning title uh, record uh, up and running. I kind of w- like, yeah, it feels like this is something that should have been mentioned. Like, hey, like uh, MJF should have been saying that he's going to break Kenny's record weeks before this. And was like really, really saying, like, I'm breaking his record. I'm going to be the longest reigning AEW world champion. I'm breaking his record. I'm going to be the longest reigning AEW world champion. And then Kenny comes out like, like he did, and then mentions it, and then then you can have it like you didn't even need to have it like the match get built that much. Just really did like push the fact of how much MJF wants to be the longest reigning AEW World Champion. Like really push that fact, and then have Kenny finally be like, "No, you're not going to do that," and I want that back. So record ver- uh, streak versus title. That's it. Like. It felt like you could have started really hammering this point home weeks ago, uh, but so, even still, I'm still 
and yet I'm losing my mind for this match. My problem is I'm having a problem turning off my WWE brain. My WWE brain's like, there's no way we're getting like a clean finish. Like, right. like, like, if it's straight, if I'm going straight WWE brain, there's no way this match is having a real finish. It's going to be a no DQ, count out, blah, blah, blah. But it's AEW and they tend to give you results, but I feel like there's going to be a lot with everything, uh, uh, what everything MJF is going through and everything Kenny Omega is going through with the Talos family. It just feels like there's going to be some shit going down in this match. Right. And, you know, and we're not going to get like MJF, Kenny Omega, main event, 30 minutes of them just, you know, throwing out, doling out some of the best wrestling ever. We're not going to get that. We're going to get some lighter version of that. And it's just like, right. well, I guess I'm okay with that on three days notice, but it's just MJF and Kenny Omega has been way too long. Like, like they have basically stayed away from each other. I don't, I can't even remember how many times they've actually been in the ring together uh, if they have, uh, like in tag matches or whatever. So that being said, this match matters. I'm really looking forward to it. I'm very jealous of all my people that live back east uh, because I would be at the Mohegan Sun in Connecticut on Saturday if it was anywhere in my control to be there. Right. Yeah, no, that would be... Being in person for that would be fucking crazy. But, yeah, I think that's everything we got for uh, coming up in this week. Uh, this upcoming week in AEW, um, yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of where we're at right now. Um, but uh, yeah, okay. anything else you want to mention? Okay, um, let's see. All the tickets. Uh, so today or yesterday, Thursday, October twenty sixth, the pre sales for all the Texas trip uh, shows are going to be in there. And when I say all the Texas shows, they're doing Dallas. Uh, they're doing, uh, Arlington for, uh, a dynamite. They doing Curtis Caldwell for, uh, what is it? Uh, ROH final battle. And then, um, what's the thing? Uh, collision there. Then, uh, then that next week, that's when they're doing Oklahoma city. And then on December 23rd, they're doing San Antonio, uh, for collision, the collision before Christmas, which, like, you know, everything in my body makes me want to go there. I'm like, oh, Christmas. Go yeah. to the Cold Collision. But I think I'm I'm doing enough. Uh, yeah. but, uh, and then yeah. they yeah. announced a brand new pay-per-view. I was just about to get to that. Long Island, New York. They get a show called The World's End. Yep, AEW World's End. Yes. And I made this point on Twitter last night. If the main event in Long Island. It's not MJF versus the indie god Matt Cardona. Why even do a pay-per-view? Yeah, like... Throw it it in the trash. Long Island versus Long Island violence. That's what we need in this world is Long Islanders beating the shit out of each other. Uh, The indie god Matt Cardona. Now, I I was joking. I was hoping to get somebody angry. It didn't really work out that way. Uh, No, but uh, I thought it was pretty funny. Uh, Yeah. So, oh, and also too. So uh, my pay per view streak was gonna end because they're just yeah, doing my, too yeah. damn many. Yeah, straight up, dude. Honestly, I, 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 I like, before New Year's I, Eve, like yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I'm like, I'm controlling it on my own by not going to. You realize how hard that is too, because that's during bowl season. Like, yes. Yeah, I, I am controlling it on my own by just deciding not to go to uh, 
the next one. Uh, what what's it called? <laughs> a full gear. World's end. Uh, full gear. Not go full gear. I'm oh, ending yeah. my streak on my own strength. But yeah, there would be no way I could have gone to full gear. Uh, did my Oklahoma show and then go to World's End. There's uh, no chance. Yeah, yes, yes. My job has to let me off for the time to go to these shows. So, yeah, exactly. And, 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 also, yeah. side note too, because. Uh, they also announced uh, North Charleston, South Carolina, for uh, AEW Dynamite and Rampage on January 17th, which is my birthday. So what the fuck? You could have put Detroit right there and given me the best birthday present, AEW, on my birthday, and you fucking choose the <laughs> Carolinas again. I heard Charleston is beautiful around your uh, birthday. I don't give a fuck. So you, have to, you gotta go. But I do. I would like it. I think you still have the list. I would because I want to give a shout out to my women. I do. If you could go over the women that were in the two hundred and fifty, real quick. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. We, we yes, need, that was the thing that we that we did uh, talk about last week that we lost. I, yeah, we, we, lost, we, we lost. But I want to give my women the shout out. Yep, uh, I pull it up right now. I got it right here. So okay. in the PWI top fifty, top uh, two hundred and fifty. AEW and Ring of Honor wrestlers that are in the PWI Top 250 Women Wrestlers of of, uh, of current time. Uh, number four, Jamie Hayter. Number six, Athena. Number eight, Willow Nightingale. Love of my life. Yes, making the top ten. Number 12, Tony Storm. Uh, number 18, Chris Statlander. 26, Taya Valkyrie. 28, Hikaru Shida. 36, Britt Baker. 44, Yuka Sakazaki, 52, Soraya, 56, Billy Starks, 57, Trisha Dora, 72, Ruby Soho, 87, Emi Sakura, 89, Sky Blue, 105, Julia Hart, 111, Anna J, 113, Nyla Rose, 126, Riho, 135, Diamante, 151, Layla Gray, 154, Kira Hogan, 170, Marina Shafir. So that is 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23 AW slash Ring of Honor women's wrestlers that are in the PWI 250. Which I will mention too, uh, the rankings tend to go based on kayfabe and like how these women yeah, are actually so, represented on TV. So Tony Khan Productions, well represented. Uh, the only person I was actually disappointed with, and not disappointed with her ranking, but disappointed with the booking that led to her ranking, is Burt Banker. Honestly, because it's just kind of like, like the last thing, the last big thing I can remember Britt Baker doing on AEW TV was the moment where she was getting the shit kicked out of her by uh, the Outcast during uh, Adam Cole's great feud with. Uh, uh, Oh Jesus Christ! Uh, it was MJF, right? Yeah, yeah. So like that was the last thing I can remember uh, Britt Baker doing. So that was the one. I mean, like her ranking makes sense, but it shouldn't be where it is. Yeah, and it's because it's Britt just... Baker is. The, I mean, that's your women's division. It's it, it starts and ends with Britt Baker. I feel like. Yeah, I mean, I, I just think she was such a. It, it, I mean, like her Wardlow, they were in that. Like they were just so like popular at one point in time and right. it just feels like yeah Britt should still be a thing she should still be in the championship picture she should i know she i think she like lost the world title shot 
uh, to Tony Storm or somebody. Then she lost the match to Chris Statlander going on the night Chris Statlander beat Jade and then Britt on back to back nights. I, I, yeah, like out of a whole list, I was like, oh, okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. That makes sense. I want Britt Baker to, yeah, to be booked more. Not just, not because she's my favorite. I, I, I don't know. I just think with the whole DMD thing, her, how she moves, her movesets, how she's good on the promos. I just think like there is way more there. And she is your established women's star. She's like your hangman in the women's division. Yeah. And just like hangman, she hasn't been booked well lately. So <laughs> let's go. Let's get let's get Brit the ball and run with it. I mean, I I you know me. I was like, make Brit the devil. Hope I was hoping Brit was the devil. I just want I want her to be in something major because I think she can carry the ball. I think you give her the ball, she runs with it. Uh, best thing about her, she can put on good matches, but I remember the old stuff with Reba and where she couldn't wrestle and she was just being entertaining every week. So that shows she understands how to do this. She's wildly popular. I love chanting, still love chanting DMD. So yeah, do more with Brit. Yeah, straight up. Um, but yeah, I think that'll close it out, uh, for this episode of all things elite guys. Once again, we want to thank you guys for sticking with us through our technical issues again this is not going to be a bi-weekly show yes. we have uh. we have locked it down floyd with a brand new laptop fix Everything the issue fix should be it. crystal clear sound great have no problems getting this show up uh and if there is more problems uh both me and floyd are going to take a battering ram to uh, yes i've been checking the re- record button like a fucking maniac <laughs> i believe it. i believe it. <laughs> just making so. sure that it's still highlighted and we get our whole show uh, absolutely yes. yeah but thank you guys so much for consistently tuning in we really do appreciate you guys tremendously uh if you guys enjoy the show easiest way for you guys to support us you follow this show, whether it's on Google or Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Follow us and share us around with your friends, family, coworkers, whoever you wish. It helps us out. And you can also leave a rating and a review. Rate, re- rate review, subscribe. All the, all the nine lives. Uh, and follow us on social media. We are at AT Elite Pod on Twitter. You can also follow at Social Suplex, who make this show possible. Check out all the other shows they have on their network. I am at Austin Sumwitz, S-Z-U-M-O-W-I-C-Z. And Floyd is at Floyd Johnson Jr. on Twitter. And with that, I will let my boy Floyd take us home. Everyone, have an amazing Halloween. One of the best holidays of all time. Uh, I will be watching as many Halloween movies and horror movies as I can through my busy time because high school football playoffs start this week. I don't really have much time. So, you know, shit's been busy. Uh, But I hope you guys enjoy Halloween. And I will let my boy Floyd take us home on this episode of All Things Elite. Okay. Uh, Halloween. Happy Halloween to everybody. As a Halloween gift to me, tag me at Floyd Johnson Jr. with you throwing away a bag of candy corn. Because it's disgusting. (laughs) It's terrible. No one should eat it. Uh, Grab a Reese's, a Kit Kat, pretty much anything. I would rather eat vegetables than candy corn. So there you go. Yes, if uh, I went to a house and they were handing out apples, and they like, you can have an apple or a candy corn. Apple all day. So candy corn is trash. That is my Halloween take every year. Candy corn is trash. 
And uh, yes, those are the real devils on Halloween, people that hand out candy corn. Um, but no, I, I hope everybody has a good time. If, uh, if you happen to listen to the show and you cosplay as wrestlers or anything like that, tag us in it. We'll, we'll share it on the All Things Elite account. I f- fucking love this time of year. I love when everybody dresses up and gets into the theme of things. I hate horror movies, so shout out to everyone that likes them. But go ahead and watch them. Yeah. My, and my favorite, uh, my favorite Halloween movie is, uh, yeah, let's see. I can't even think of it. It'd probably be some kind of romantic comedy around around Halloween because I don't do horror. Uh, I like to sleep. Uh, so uh, no, like the Great Pumpkin. Is that that's Charlie Brown? Yes. Uh, yeah, the Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown. Uh, yes. Give me that. Give me something nice and light. Maybe a Scooby-Doo mystery or something like that. That's what Halloween is to me. But uh, thank you everyone for listening to a, a moment second. Anytime on the show that you have, uh, understand we are the longest reigning fan podcast of AEW in existence. So keep listening. Download us on the personal feed. Uh, we love you. Be nice to everyone. That's my all of us, my whole thing. Just be nice to as many people as you can. Be the light in the world that you think should be there. And with that, I leave you how I always leave you. Whether it's home, work, or school, always do your best to be elite. $5,000. That's the average amount of money people in the U.S. are now spending on gas in a year. Five grand. That's crazy. If you drive, you have to download Upside, the free app that gives you cash back every time you get gas. That's right. You can earn real cash back with Upside just by buying the gas you're already buying. You can literally start earning cash back today. I use Upside every time I fill up, and I've already made around two, $300. You're putting gas in your car anyway. Why not get real cash back? If you like free money, download Upside. I'm saving the cash I earn from using Upside to help pay for a vacation later this year. Download the free Upside app now to earn cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code GAME to get an extra 25 cents per gallon on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code GAME for a 25 cents per gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code GAME for a 25 cents per gallon bonus.